Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. Good morning, everyone. My name is Blake. I am one of the pastors here over worship and outreach. Uh, Sorry about the slides. It looks like we got those working, so that's great. Um, But today's a different Sunday. You may have noticed I'm up here a little earlier than than usual. Um, Today is Vision Sunday, where we're gonna be celebrating what God has done, thanking him for what he has done uh, this past year, and looking forward to the next year and what he will continue to do through the power of his spirit. Uh, So I'm gonna invite uh, Denton forward, and as he comes forward, what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, spend some time just listening to stories and those stories are kind of going to reflect what God has been doing in and through uh, our church. So uh, Denton, I, we know each other through Alpha, and he is, <laughs> oh, you can, you can be seated, by the way. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting all these signals, and I'm like, maybe I'm talking too loud, or that might also be true. Uh, but yeah, so Denton, we know each other through Alpha. And he's going to share a bit about his story of coming to faith. So uh, my first question is, what was life like before? Uh, Hey, guys. Denton, wow, there's a lot more people here than the last one. Uh, So so actually, before Jesus, uh, honestly, a lot's changed. As a matter of fact, actually, I was going to come back to school to UVA. But once again, life's changed, happens, Christ happened, and I'm actually getting ready to go to theological seminary. So, but... (laughs) In the regards of before Jesus, uh, it's going to sound a little bit cliche, but it's cliche only because it's, it's extremely true. I, I was actually suffering a lot. I had a lot of depression I was going through. I had a lot of bouts of anger, a lot of fits. I had a lot of individuals that were outside of the wrestling team. Yes, I was a wrestler here. All the, the half-starved individuals out here, that's them. So you can look at them and see them. But yeah, I was, uh, I was going through a lot. Lost, lost a lot of friends and had a lot of bad bouts. So... So what happened? (laughs) So uh, what happened is, so I actually began to sit down and kind of ponder some of life's biggest questions. And it was, you know, what does this all lead to? Ultimately, where am I going and why am I here? And, you know, ultimately, once you find Christ, you kind of realize that all the, the thoughts that you were going into in the regards of going into the human rationale, going into trying to find the answers, everything from psychology, philosophy, theology, to anything from biology, and you just kind of realize it seems like it's going to a circle, but it's actually kind of going into a downward spiral because you can't really find that the answer in the rationale. And so I had a lot of helpful individuals on the wrestling team, a lot of my community, and they just really helped me. They helped me to actually you know, come find my steps to eventually, you know, come to that leap of faith. And what difference has Jesus made? Uh, So he's made all the difference, made all the difference in the regard of, I truly do feel as if he meets you where it is that you are and where it is that you lack. And I actually believe this is actually where everybody lacks in a sense, is that you lack love. And the reason is why I say you lack love. You either lack love for God, you lack love for others, you lack love for yourself. And the reason is to why I say, you lack love is because if you lack love for others or yourself, you're actually lacking love for God as well because I believe that everybody have come to the realization that we're all created within a divine image. And if 
you're sitting here and you're walking and you're breathing and you're going around, you have a purpose and you deserve to be treated as such and you deserve to treat yourself as such. So. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your story, Denton. I'm going to have... So... Abby and Lana are coming up. Abby is a fellow here, and she works a lot with Alpha and Reach Youth. And Lana is a part of that group, so I'm going to have them take it away. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Um, as Blake said, I'm Abby, and I have the privilege of leading Lana. She's a senior in high school at Albemarle, um, and it has just been a joy to get to see the Lord work in her life the past few months. So, Lana, tell us, what was life like before? Um, so I used to give it to temptation very easily. Um, I used to smoke a lot of weed with my friends and we would just do things that we knew was wrong. And that was my only source of happiness for a long time. Um, I had gone to church my whole life, um, but I never really knew who God was and I didn't know how unhappy I truly was until I met God for the first time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what happened? How did you encounter the Lord? Well, I had already been in a very accepting community here with Reach in the youth group here at City. Um, and then we went to an Alpha retreat early this October. And there was a night where we did a prayer session, and my life changed that night. I was praying, and I was asking the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I was asking for forgiveness. And He, my heart started to beat really fast, and I started to cry uncontrollably. And that's when I knew that I had finally seen God for the first time. And there's actually a verse um, that I look to very often. Job 42, with 5 through 6. Um, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Yeah, so how is life like now? How, what difference has Jesus made? I look for God in a lot of situations when I'm confused, when I need advice. He talks to me through my Bible very often. And there's just a joy in my life that there wasn't before. Not that my life is perfect, but now I feel loved and I know what life is now. Thanks for sharing your story with us, Lana. We love you. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done and are doing in the lives of Lana and Denton. And God, how this represents um, more stories, God, of lives that are being changed by your Holy Spirit and by your work within them. God, thank you for the role that you've allowed us to play as your church. And God, we celebrate and we thank you for all that you're doing in and through us, your church. We love you, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Morning. want to welcome you uh, here in the sanctuary, as well as those of you who are worshiping with us online. This is Vision Sunday, and Vision Sunday is the Sunday every year where we kind of look back over the year. We've heard a couple of stories about what God has done. And then what we also do is we take some time to look at kind of who we are, again, to remind ourselves, and then we look towards 2024. And so in reminding us again, we are a church that is biblically based, relationally driven, and spirit-led. Biblically based simply means that we believe Scripture is God's Word. Relationally driven means that if you take a cursory reading of Scripture, you will find out almost immediately that relationship's the most important thing in life. 
relationship with God, relationships with people. And then last but not least, the idea is, is that throughout Scripture, we are called to be a spirit-led people. So again, we are biblically-based, relationally-driven, and spirit-led. What that looks like, putting feet to your faith, is the following. We are a church that is about people who follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. And so with that in mind, kind of setting the stage for the rest of our service, every year as a lead pastor, along with the lead team, pastoral team, what we do is we truly seek God to say, God, what is now and what do you want from us next year? And so every year I come to the same passages of Scripture. And the passage of Scripture that the Lord always draws me to is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, where the Apostle Paul literally lets us know what the church is for, what the church is for. Here's what the text says. His, meaning God's intent, that was now, that now through the church, meaning city church, all churches, city church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he, meaning God, accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. To put it another way, when God looks down at a church like City Church, what he does is says, you are my wisdom, and you are on display. And the text says, to the principalities and powers, the authorities and heavenly realms, well, the question becomes, who are they? And so later in the same book, Paul tells us who those individuals or beings or whatever they are. It's Ephesians 6.12. He writes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So if you're sitting there going, man, this sounds like a lot like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, you're right. The Bible's very comfortable saying that there is a kingdom that has come in Jesus that's known as the kingdom of God. But there are also rulers and authorities and powers in the dark world that oppose what God is doing in the world. So as a church that is biblically based, relationally driven, and spirit-led, we always look to Scripture for our basis. And the text or the story of Jesus that we're going to begin looking at before Pastor Keith and Lori come up to talk to us about serving at City. The passage of Scripture is familiar to some, but next year you will become intimately familiar with this story. Luke 4, 14 through 21. Jesus rejected at Nazareth. What a great way to start, right? Jesus returned to Galilee, and I want you to say the next phrase out loud. Ready? In the power of the Spirit. One more time. In the power of the Spirit. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He went teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the, what's the next word? Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Jesus never missed the Sabbath, nor did he ever break the Sabbath. Never. 
Reading on. He stood up and read, and the scroll the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Let's say that phrase out loud. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's the repeated concept that we've already read this morning. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. By the way, in Greek, that's the idea of a servant. So Jesus was anointed by the Spirit of God to be a servant. He was sent. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's say that next phrase out loud. The year of the Lord's favor. That's an entire year of Sabbath. That's what it means. Reading on. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then by the end of the story, they want to throw him off a cliff. Well, here's what we find from our reading. There are three things, and these are three things we're going to be looking at in depth all next year. Spirit, serving, and Sabbath. Spirit, serving, and Sabbath. At this time, Pastor Keith and Lori Kramer are going to come up, and they're going to talk to us about serving. Awesome. Thanks, Pete. So uh, I hope, just as you've heard the beginning, uh, maybe as we're looking ahead in the next year, that you're already excited. But if you're not already, we hope you are by the time we share some of the thoughts we had. So we, this is Lori, by the way. Um, She came on this last year to help us as a church grow as a serving people. If you don't know Lori, she's lived here for a couple decades now. And for every one of them, you've been connected in our community to local partnerships, um, local organizations that are serious about loving and serving people. So she's been a great service to us in that. And I'm just one of your pastors who gets to pitch the ball to Lori today and help her share some of her heart. So we sat with this, this passage today, Luke chapter four, um, or earlier this week we did, down the street at Greenberries at the center, and we just started wrestling with, okay, so what does this really mean And uh, for us? And so I'd love for you to share some of your initial thoughts, Lori, as we sat and talked about it, what it really means to be a people who are kind of anointed for service. I think uh, the first thing that came to mind is here at City, we want service to be an overflow of our personal relationship with Jesus. And just an analogy, it's pretty simple, is a cup under a faucet to kind of exemplify what a life of service looks like. Mm -hmm. As the cup remains under the faucet, it's going to eventually overflow. And that the same is true of our lives with Jesus, that as we remain under the faucet and God pours his life-giving water into our lives that that what naturally overflows is Christ in us to other people. Because God doesn't really want us to go under the faucet and then run over here and pour ourselves out to the point that we're empty. He wants us to stay under the faucet and have his spirit fill us and overflow to those we're around. Amen, amen. You know, one of the things is we go back to Nazareth. We have to recognize, like, these are people who knew Jesus. Mm -hmm. He grew up here among them. And now he's announcing something new. He's declaring the kingdom of God. He's saying, here we go. He sits down and says, today... The scripture is fulfilled in your, in your hearing. Something is changing. Something different is happening. And at the same time, we see him surprise his hometown by saying, and I'm going to those people. Yeah. And I'm going with a passion, full of the spirit to do that. So it's these marginalized people he names, the poor, yeah. 
the prisoners, the, the people who are blind, the, the people who really need a touch from the Lord, Jesus has declared in his hometown, hey, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And this is who I am. So it, to me, it's interesting that as we talk about an anointing, we talk about being spirit led or the presence of the spirit. For Jesus, he's making a direct connection here yeah. to say, well, if you're anointed, then you're about getting to these people, the marginalized, right? And you mentioned something uh, when we were meeting Monday about um, a quote you'd heard that you yeah. thought was especially powerful in that regard. Yeah, so we were talking about the marginalized. I thought of a guy I greatly respect, Father Gregory Boyle, who founded Hometown Homeboy Ministries in L.A. in the late 80s, the largest gang intervention program in the world. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, we don't go to the margins to make a difference. We go to the margins because the people on the margins make us different. Mm. And as we look at this passage and look at the blind and the oppressed and the prisoners and the poor, it's easier for us to serve them thinking, how can I fix them or what can I do for them or how can I make them their lives better? But the reality is we have to be careful that we're not blind to what God wants to be doing in us mm-hmm. as he's working through us. Um, and God's not calling us to be their savior. God is calling us to be who he is in this world. Mm-hmm. And that's kind and compassionate and unconditionally loving, truly until the margins are erased. Amen. I love that. And so I, but I, but I sit with that and I think, okay, that resonates with me. It resonates with you guys when you think about who Jesus is, the way he lived. Like this lines up. Yeah. Um, but then I look at my life and I think, well, you know, <laughs> not always, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So why do we struggle with this? In your experience, like why do we as a people just struggle to live like Jesus pursuing those on the margins. Yeah. I think sometimes we're just unaware. Our lives are so full. We don't think we have the time or the space to serve or we're overwhelmed. I know you just don't know where to start or how to start. Well, we're going to help you with that one. (laughs) But I would also encourage you to pray about where God wants you to serve and notice how he's tugging at your, your heart. You know, I love in this passage, it said, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we're not serving out of our own efforts. We're serving out of his spirit in us. So as we pray about that, I just really encourage you to take a step out of your comfort zone. I know when I've done that in my life is where I've really grown when I've taken that step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. As we were thinking about it, Sonny, maybe you could think about it too. The moments in your life when you've really felt most alive. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, it's been moments when we were wholeheartedly committed to to mission and being with those that really needed the hand of God in their life and being used by him in a way that's that's a blessing not only to them but to us when we come alive that's that's possible like that's that full life that we all want so uh, we we were talking about this we're thinking well in 2024 we'll go do that and we're like no like there's opportunities now like why wait for 2024 so we want to share some things with you in this holiday season that's coming ways we can actually put feet to our faith Now, you want to share some of those? Yeah, we definitely don't have to wait till 2024. Um, We have a lot of stuff going on in the near future. And um, when my kids were growing up, I wanted them to know that Christmas was more about just getting presents. And as parents, we invest a lot of time to growing our kids, you know, whether it's sports or music lessons or tutoring. And one of the things that I wanted to grow in my kids is just a heart of service. So knowing that proximity breeds compassion. I wanted my kids near those who were on the margins. And so one of my my favorite holiday traditions, every week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we served as a family in the city in different 
um, organizations, and a lot of those are still going, whether it's Toy Lift or the Abundant Life Christmas Store or Pacham or the Winter Clothing Drive for the Haven. There's so many things going on this um, holiday season where we can really serve the marginalized in our city. Um, so under the tent, after the service, there's going to be opportunities of how to get involved in these organizations. Some are long-term, but some are truly happening like within the next month or so. Um, so they're also on the website, on the homepage, are, are opportunities to sign up for Toy Lift, Abundant Life, Pacham, and those. Amen, awesome. Yeah, so some of you, especially on this side with windows, have been staring out at the moo-through truck and you're like trying not to be distracted. Others are like, wait a second, there's ice cream over there? There is, okay. And we just want to celebrate this seasonably, unseasonably warm day together, hang around. But we also want you to know, we, we've done that for a reason. We want you to hang around out here and explore the opportunities to, to really become a people of anointed service, to be filled by the Spirit, to then serve others. And so this is my challenge for you. Reach for more than ice cream out there, all right? That's not the best thing out there. There are opportunities to really grow more and more like Jesus as we walk into our community and serve our city, radically love, practically serve, right? So we want to encourage you to do that. Be prayerful about it and start praying right now about a year, growing as a people of anointed service. Pete. Thank you, Keith and Lori. Um, let's give them a hand for all that they do at City. We appreciate them. And so as I mentioned, 2024 is going to be a year where we look at the kingdom of God and we're going to focus on the spirit serving and Sabbath. The spirit serving and Sabbath. So next year, we're going to look very deeply, and we've done this before about a decade ago. We're going to take an in-depth look at what it means to be a people who are filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, to see God's kingdom come and His will be done in and through our lives as it is in heaven here on this earth. Now, when we look at 2024, Spirit, serving, and what is the last one? Say it out loud. Sabbath. Now, what I know is many of us look at Sabbath and we think, oh, no. Reason why, if you know scripture, you know that Sabbath actually appears in a list. And before I put the list up on the screen, how many of you think that the Ten Commandments are important? Raise your hand, seriously. Do you think they're important? Just maybe a little bit. Um, you know, I have friends of mine who I meet with quite regularly who are not people of faith at all. They're just not. That's one of the reasons why we meet. And Oftentimes, um, they'll say, well, Pete, you know, I got a couple questions about faith. And one of the things that I'll often do is I'll say, listen, let, let's read the book of Proverbs. And so we read the book of Proverbs. And then I'll say, well, let's take a look at the Ten Commandments. And they'll look at those and they'll go, those, those are all cool if you're playing on the team, but if you're not. And then I'll get to the point where it says, well, do you think that you should kill your neighbor? And they'll go, nah, it's not the best idea. And so let's put up the 10, and here are the 10 commandments. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you look at these 10, and you go, yeah, these are important, right? Don't you? 
So what we do is the first three are really about keeping God in the place in our lives where he should be. Fourth one is, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy, honor father and mother. And then we go to the ones, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and don't covet. How many of you, when you look at those last five, you go, ah, that's probably a good idea to live this way? Wouldn't you say? At least you're hoping your neighbor lives this way, right? Now, with that said, one of the things that's so important to understand, and we're going to go through this in depth at the beginning of next year, the Ten Commandments were given to a group of people who for 400 years had been dominated and crushed and put upon and been enslaved by the Egyptian Empire. And so after 400 years of that, having Pharaoh dominate them, God shows up with a guy named Moses. So over here, you have a dude named Pharaoh, and he's overseeing a certain kind of a kingdom. And over here, God raises up a guy by the name of Moses, and Moses is charged with setting God's people free. And the first thing God does when they go from being under Pharaoh in this kingdom and brings them over here is he takes his leader up on a mountain and gives them these 10 rules. He gives them all 10. And I want to explain to us very carefully the importance of the fourth one. Here's what it is. When you live here in this kingdom where Pharaoh is always in your ear, you get up every single day and you know if you don't achieve, you don't work hard, you don't produce, you will lose your identity, you will lose who you are, and, and you will actually be destroyed. Because if you read in Exodus, by the time Moses is raised up, they're working seven days a week. And if you can't work, you die. So what God does is he takes his people out of this kingdom and he brings them into this kingdom and he says, listen, when you live here, I'm going to demand you take a day off. Over there, when Pharaoh is your king, you work seven days a week and every moment of your life, you worry about success and working hard and making sure you're someone. Over here, your identity comes from what you do. And God says, no, 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 not in my kingdom. In my kingdom, when I'm your king, you're going to take a day off. You want to know why? Who you are is not based on what you do and achieving and producing and performing. That's Pharaoh's kingdom, not in mine. In my kingdom, what you're going to do, and it's going to be baked in to who I am and the kingdom I'm going to bring, you're going to take one day off. And here's what I promise you. The vast majority of Jesus' followers live in this kingdom. They have the gospel. They know Jesus. But if you get inside their head, Pharaoh runs the day. If you're not achieving, producing, if you're not amassing wealth, if you're not doing this or that, then you will lose your identity. I've talked to so many people. I just had a meeting with a great young man at UVA. And let me tell you what, what he talked to me about was the absolute unbearable reality of living in this kingdom. Because every day he wakes up scared to death. He won't be successful. He won't produce. He won't achieve. That's Pharaoh's kingdom. In this kingdom, 
God raises up Moses and begins to establish a kingdom where one day a week, God demands you take that day off. And so next year, we're gonna start the year by taking an in-depth look at Sabbath because most of us don't have a clue what it is. No clue at all. And what we look at is, yep, you know what, Pete, I'd agree, not killing someone next door to me is a good idea, not stealing, not doing all of that. And because, you know what, Pete, I just know that's good for culture. Let me explain very, very carefully. God has created a world in which you were created too, and these 10 laws are there so that you can flourish. And if we live in Pharaoh's kingdom, we're gonna work every single day Every single moment, Pharaoh will be in our ear saying, if you don't do this, you won't succeed. You will lose your identity. You will become a nobody and you'll become irrelevant. And God says, not in my kingdom. In my kingdom, you're gonna take a day where you're gonna stop. Sabbath in Hebrew means stop. You're going to stop. You're going to rest. You're going to play. You're going to feast and you're going to know God loves you. Does that sound reasonable to you? And so some of you very nervously are shaking your heads. But here's what I have learned in my own life. When I live like Pharaoh in Pharaoh's kingdom, my life is destroyed. When I move through Jesus into the kingdom of God, what I begin to discover is that if I will trust God enough to take one day and stop, rest, play, feast. God loves me. Stop, rest, play, feast. God loves me, and he's my king. I can't tell you the difference it makes in our lives. So what we're going to do next year is we're going to focus on spirit-led, on serving and Sabbath. And the reason why Sabbath is so important is we are challenging our church where everyone serves. But I can promise you this, that if you don't Sabbath, then serving will run your life. They seem juxtaposed to each other, serving and Sabbath, but they're not. They've been baked into the kingdom of God. And what we're going to do is we exit 2023 and move to 2024. We're going to take a look at what does it mean to be spirit-led, what does it mean to serve, and what does it mean to Sabbath. At this time, I'm going to encourage you to turn your attention to the screen because there's another big thing that's coming in 2024. And so Pastor Chris and Darcy have a video for us about the kids. Good morning, and we have a special message for you. Good welcome. Welcome, welcome, and welcome to Kids Day. Yay! Last year at this time, it was Vision Sunday, and we were talking about how we were so excited to have the kids back in kids space. And you know what? Are the kids back? No. No? Yes! Yes! Where can you say they're back? They're back! So we thought we'd give you a tour and see some of the smiling faces. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah! Hi. 
just a snapshot of the kingdom work happening here at City Church involving the next generation of kids, of infants through fifth graders. So much to celebrate. The kids are back. And yet there's so much more to do. So much more to pray about and think about in order to love and serve the next generation well. Each Sunday, Harvest Church allows us to use their gym and facility to set up our first and fifth grader environment, and we are so blessed by them. But we also know that that's only temporary. So one of our prayer requests for this upcoming year is that we could have a facility that we could have first and fifth graders in. It'd be such a blessing. Yeah, have a permanent facility here on our property specifically for, for, for our first through fifth graders. Yes, that would be something we would love your prayers for. You know, we also just need people, people who love kids and people who are willing to serve. There are weeks when we truly don't have enough people to serve in the environments that we have open for kids. And so that would be our prayer request as well. Wondering how to do that, what your next step would be? Definitely go to Growth Track. That happens next week. But those are two things for growth for kids space. One with a facility, and the second for leaders and people to serve on the team. How you doing? How you doing? There we go. Hey, so listen. What was just mentioned to you in the video is true. We have outgrown the basement space downstairs for kids. Not only that, the pastor across the street is a good friend of mine, David Price. David very generously has opened up his gymnasium to us. Every single week we lease the gym. But what we know is, is that there is a shelf life on that. And so what we're going to be doing as we move towards 2024, you're going to begin to hear more about a next-gen building, a building that will be not entirely, but primarily dedicated to the next generation. And our goal will be to build a facility where our children's ministry environments are large enough because we've run out of capacity downstairs, and we're going to be building this building right next to this building for an opportunity to serve the next generation well, does that make sense to everyone? Now, what I want to share with you next is because I'm going to ask you to pray with me about four things. About five months ago, I was in my personal time of prayer. And I don't want you to be overly impressed because my prayer life probably isn't when it comes to God speaking to me any more dramatic than your own. So I don't want you to sit there and go, oh, Pastor Pete hears from God every five minutes. It's just not the case. But while I was in prayer, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me very definitively about four things to pray for for our church. Number one is servant leaders. That we would take seriously the call to serve. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the servant that serves. So number one was servant leaders. Number two is what the Lord put in my heart called city sites. City sites, there's 13 of them that are set up under the tent as you exit this morning. My prayer is, is that God, through all of us opening up our hearts to being servants and serving, 
that God will lead us to more sacred and secular efforts in and around our community so that we could partner with them to see the kingdom of God come and his will done in Charlottesville and the surrounding counties and through missions all over the world. So it was servant leader city sites. The next was Alpha. You already heard Pastor Blake up front about Alpha. Alpha is a program that we run here for adults and youth that presents the gospel, presents the kingdom to people and gives them an opportunity to hear about Jesus and then to repent, to believe and receive and accept Christ. But Alpha to me is more than just a program. It's God's heart that people in our city would come to know his son Jesus and experience the life transformation that comes from him. This might shock you. I don't share the gospel with my friends in Charlottesville so that they get to heaven. I share the gospel because they wake up without purpose and filled with dread and they're scared to death every single day. Many of them live in homes You have to drive through gated communities, massive properties. Others of them aren't living that way, but they're highly successful. And every day they wake up with a gnawing fear and dread. And they realize they're not big enough and not smart enough. The reason why I share Jesus is they need him now. It's not about dying and going to heaven. It's about the kingdom of God coming into people's lives now. They need him now. Let me be blunt. You will need him when you die, but you need him as much, if not more, now. So, Alpha. Then last is buildings. Anyone who knows my pastoral style, I don't like buildings. Can I be blunt? I don't like them. I don't like spending money on them. Pastor Chris oversees all of the facilities here because you want to know why? I'm just not into buildings. I'm into people. But we live in a world and in a culture where you need buildings to pastor people. It's just how it works. How many of you understand that? You just, you, you need a roof over your head and air conditioning and heat and you, you need uh, toilets and all the stuff that goes with church. But God put these four things on my heart, and I've prayed them faithfully every day for over five months. Servant leaders, city sites, alpha, that people would come to know Jesus, and buildings. Would you stand with me as we pray? As we stand together, we're going to take just a moment to pray. And listen, you might not be comfortable doing this. And if you're not, I totally understand. Every Sunday, we have a lot of people here at City that are checking out Jesus. They're looking over the wall at faith. They're kind of discerning, is this for me? I totally get that. But there are many of us here, most likely the majority of us here this morning, where we're Jesus followers. And if you are and you're comfortable doing this, just close your eyes. No one's looking around. Close your eyes. Just kind of put your hands up in front of you as a sign of your humility and your receptivity before God. Jesus, here we are as women and men who we have been called out of Pharaoh's kingdom into the kingdom of God. And in such, we know that you have sent your spirit 
to empower us, to give us authority, to give us strength so that we can live out this thing called following Jesus. Lord, I pray over my own life, the, the life of my wife and my three kids and everyone here that calls City Church their home, that we would all be people that would be filled with the Spirit and empowered to live out the kingdom. Lord, now I pray that in the midst of this, that you would raise up servant leaders in and throughout our church, that it just wouldn't be the pastors or the part-time staff, but every one of us would hear the call to, of Jesus to serve because the text says the greatest among you is the one that serves. Jesus, I pray now that not only would there be servant leaders, but dear Jesus, please connect us with city sites all over our community where there are secular and sacred efforts to bring your kingdom in Charlottesville and into the surrounding counties. Lord, together we pray over Alpha. We pray over your kingdom coming into this world and people having the opportunity to hear about Jesus and to repent and to pray and to believe and receive. Lord, now, last but not least, we pray for buildings. God, you know better than we do that we live in a culture where we need a roof over our heads and we need walls and climate control and parking and all of that stuff. But Lord Jesus, we have a lid at our church where our facility isn't big enough. And so, Lord, I trust you as we pray about and look into the next-gen building next to this one. Lord, that you would guide our steps. Lord, that you would help us to be a church that truly serves well. Lord, I want to thank you for the vision that you've given us for next year that we would be a church that would understand what it is to be filled with the Spirit. God, help us that we would serve and we would Sabbath well. And I believe for these things in Christ's name. Amen. <laughs>